Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, how are you listening? You know what you're supposed to do. Spotify, you can give me a five-star review there. Apple, you can give me a five-star review there. YouTube, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. You know what you're doing at this point. Most importantly, today, my incredible guest, I have Sun Sachs. He's the co-founder and CEO at Rewire Fitness. Sun, how you doing today, man? Hey, Michael, really good. Yeah, excited to uh, chat with you today. Love it, man. I'm excited to learn about the brain. The brain is a fascinating thing. I don't think people pay enough attention to it. Um, it's very important. I was telling you before, I meditate every single day to control my thoughts and control stress levels. It's really not that hard. It's just you get to do it every single day, and I love doing it. But before we really get into that, the number one question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, son, why do you love sports so much? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I discovered sport at an early age. Um, I find it uh, gives me a sense of freedom and empowerment uh, and joy, uh, lets me you know, get out of my head, so to speak. Um, and uh, I, I'm very into just sort of high performance. So seeing that incremental progress month over month, week over week, all of that uh, is exciting. So I, I just love it. I, I love the excitement of it as well. Um, I'm an endurance sport athlete. So been, I'm going on my 40th year as a cyclist. Congrats. Doing it I'm a going long on my time. 30th year of life. So you're beating there me there. You I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> so you, you said something interesting there. You said you like to get out of your head. Uh, endurance just sounds like a really long time and you don't have much else but your thoughts. Curious uh, if you could give us a little clarity on that one. Do you like how how do you get out of your head when it's just a grueling, grinding, endurance type event like cycling? Yeah, I mean, you you basically, as you said, it's a long day out there, so you basically have to um, uh, not spiral or fixate. Like it forces you; it's sort of a forcing mechanism to just relax and accept what is and deal in the moment. Uh, and uh, for those of us sort of type A personalities that can fixate and obsess on things, it's it's good therapy to be out there. Because if you fixate on the wrong thing, you're in trouble. So you kind of learn how, how not to do that. And how do you learn not to do that? Because it seems like it's very easy to be like, man, my legs really hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like a sort of a forcing mechanism. Like you go out there and you, your legs start to hurt and you start to focus on that. And you have a terrible day. And the next time you're like, <laughs> well, that really kind of made things worse. <laughs> Let me try to figure out how to, how to do that, how not to do that. I mean, a lot of athletes have sort of these tricks, mind tricks, where they try to focus on different things, distract themselves. Um you know, but as we'll get into, there are other techniques that are uh, science-driven that are around building more mental resilience, which actually translates to helping you in sport and also life. So it's kind of a, a generic skill you could apply to a lot of things. Yeah, you can apply it to a lot of things. I mean, I, um, as I was saying, I meditate every single day and I've found that I'm significantly better at dealing with 
everything, dealing with stress, dealing with things getting thrown at me at work, dealing with, you know, um, annoyances. I'm significantly better at them because I've been able to train myself over, you know, three plus, four plus years, whatever it's been to control those thoughts. And I think it's a really difficult thing to do. And I try and tell every single one of my friends, like anybody that deals with anxiety, anybody that deals with depression, I am not a doctor, so I cannot cure you. But what I can say is, have you tried it? And if your answer is no, I highly suggest it because I didn't suffer from anxiety. I do not suffer from depression, thankfully. But of course, I get sad sometimes. And of course, I get anxious. It's like, you know, that's, that's an easy part. That's a part of life. And I've been able to severely reduce those because I've been able to control my thoughts. And I don't think negatively, negatively anymore. And I've been able to do so many of these things. So I'm very excited to hear. Maybe I could pick up a couple extra nuggets from this. And maybe I'll be even better. We'll see what happens, son. But before we really do dive into Rewire, I want to make sure... Uh, we touch upon your background a little bit. You worked at AOL for a significant period of time. You're currently still at Town Square Media. Um, working in the digital space, AOL, obviously, we all know what AOL is. Times Square, if you don't mind, I think it's something along the lines of a lot of digital advertising. Uh, so I'm curious, where does your, your love, your expertise, your passion for the digital space come from? Where did that, where did that um, evolve in, in your life? Yeah, it's interesting. Um when I was uh, pursuing a career in sport and really, you know, working my way up to an elite level, um, I just had a knack for technology uh, without any real formal training. I started doing freelance work, building websites and things like this. This is pre-bubble, pre, you know, in the late 90s. And um, one thing led to another, uh, picked up, you know, picked up coding, picked up design and, uh, started working my way up, eventually landed a job at a uh, media company and an agency in um, actually New Jersey first, and then got a job at AOL, then, uh, you know, Town Square, another media company. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just um, kind of been an organic process, but I think just kind of intuitively understanding how technology works, how the plumbing works kind of set me off on the on the trajectory of you know building a lot of products building a lot of things yeah i don't think you made a wrong decision uh i'm sure after the bubble you're like what the heck did i get myself into potentially <laughs> but uh ever since yeah i think everything's been going well uh for most people in the tech space obviously now we have web3 the metaverse nfts cryptocurrency those are all obviously bingo card uh options right but uh a lot of cool stuff that is going on i've had many people on the show to be able to explain to me what the heck that stuff is because i don't totally understand it and that's why i like talking to people like you son because you can explain it to me so with that i'm curious rewire fitness uh i have written here this is the note i have neuro performance product for athletes now, that sounds pretty sweet but i am curious what exactly is the problem that you guys are solving yeah so um Basically, when we talk to athletes at any level, amateur, weekend warriors to professional, we'll ask them what percentage of their performance is mental. And they're typically going to say somewhere between 50 and 95%, depending on the sport, the athlete, their experience, their point of view. But in other words, it's intuitive that the mental game is super important. But then when we ask them the follow-up question, based on how important they think it is, how much time do they spend on it? And, you know, I know you meditate every day, but a lot of people don't have a good answer. And um, that is not their fault because aside from something like meditation, 
um, there really isn't a structured way to train your mind. Uh, and that's really the problem that we're solving is we want to make sure that we're providing tools to help athletes become more resilient, to focus on both mind-body recovery, and to also understand where they're at uh, from any on any given day. And so that our system is sort of geared towards solving all of those all of those issues. So this comes from your love of endurance sports, I'm assuming. As you said, you've you've done this for 40 years. Kudos and congratulations again. I guess at what point did you realize, hey, well I'm curious what what percent of your performance is actually mental? What do you believe yours is? Great question. Uh, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> no way, really? Question. All right. You're, you're the guy <laughs> who created the business. Times. I assume that was kind of a you know a boring one, but I'm yeah, glad yeah. I asked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would probably put it between uh, 75 and 80 percent, something like that. I think it's and, uh, it's and that you know in endurance sports, as you know, it's like you're, you're spending a lot of time out there, and uh, it's totally you're totally in your head, so. It might vary for different people, but for me, that's what I would say. Yeah. And I'm curious, how, uh, again, you guys work with a lot of athletes. Uh, you can use yourself as an example. How do you even come to that number? Like, where does like where does that yeah. number come from? You know what I mean? That's kind of just, a, yeah. it's a very, not ambiguous, but it's, oh, like, I don't know. Like, if I yeah. worked out a little bit harder, maybe it'd be more physical. Like, I, where does that number even come from? Yeah. It comes from how many times do I encounter a mental block when I'm trying to achieve a goal? So if I'm out, if I'm out, uh, you know, doing a bunch of intervals, those are hard as heck. And, um, and my mind is telling me you should stop. Hey, you did enough or this really sucks. Come on. Um, so the fact that it's, you know, keeps coming up and I keep having to overcome that with my mind tells me that it's a, a pretty big factor. Like if I never thought about that and it was easy, of course, I wouldn't be saying it was 75%. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's sort of how I would qualitatively assess it. But we also have a quantitative piece. Um, but we got a little sidetracked. I'm happy to tell you about my, my uh, background story uh, in sport, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you're, this is your show, man. I'm just, as you see, I just asked a bunch of questions. So I'm here for a good time, whatever you got. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I grew up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, which for anybody who's into endurance sports, they know that's that's one of the places, you know, it's in the you're at a mile high. Uh, I lived actually at 9,500 feet. Um, you know, I, I grew up watching um, people like Greg LeMond, um, you know, the first the first cyclist to uh, win the Tour de France. Um, and I started doing stage races when I was 12. Uh and uh, doing, you know, really big efforts and uh, committed myself. I literally dropped out of school and pursued a career to become a pro. I got up to an elite level. Um, I was training way too hard. I didn't have a lot of tools like we have today uh, to, to recognize overtraining. Uh, I didn't have meditation uh, or other techniques. Um, and um, I burnt out. I burnt out at 26, retired a bit heartbroken, didn't feel like I reached my potential and didn't know why, because I worked really, really hard. <laughs> you know, I was training 40, 50 hours a week to give you some context. 
So I didn't know what, it's like, hey, I'm doing, I'm working harder than everybody else. Why didn't this turn out well? <laughs> so, you know, that stuck with me. And um, uh, as I went into software and product development, which we talked about, um, I kept looking at ways to improve. Uh, probably about 12 years now ago, I started doing quantified self. So I was studying every possible biometric every day. And I discovered HRV, which, which is, you know, heart rate variability used in whoop and aura and a bunch of other tools now, but back then no one knew about it or very few people knew about it. And I was like, this is a, this is a great measure of my physical, physical recovery and adaptation could, to training. Could you explain yeah. what that is exactly? Yes. So, uh, a good metaphor for HRV. So what it is actually is the, the time interval between heartbeats. So you might imagine if you if you have a heartbeat of like a 70 heartbeats. Yeah. So you might say like my average heart rate is 65. You might imagine that at, at a perfect interval, your heart is beating, but actually there's variability between each heartbeat. And the best metaphor that I've been able to come up with is imagine a car with RPM, so you know revolutions per minute. When you put when you put your foot on the gas, the RPMs go up, right? It goes, and when you take your foot off the gas, it goes down. It has a dynamic range. Um, that's the variability. When you have a car that's not running so well, you push the gas on, and it goes, and you take your foot off the gas, and it still is idling high, which has a low amount of variability. So what you want to do, you know, when you're really uh, fit, uh, and, and under, you know, sort of a balanced amount of stress and, and recovery, you have a dynamic range. You want a high, that's why a, the heart rate variability is a high score. You want the highest score possible, which means that there's actually a dynamic range of your, between each heartbeat, because your body can handle all these different kinds of things. Whereas if it's sort of depressed and your heart rate variability is low, it means you're actually not really, uh, something's going on, either you're sick, maybe you could be in better shape, uh, maybe you got a bad night's sleep, all these sort of factors. Very interesting. I appreciate the explanation. Um, sorry to cut you off in the story, but you were just discovering HRV? Yeah, yeah, so HVR? I was, uh, yeah, HRV, so I was like, um, this is awesome. Like, out of all the metrics I'm looking at, I was literally like looking at my, like, the color of my urine, the number of hours sleep, my macros, everything, of course, training load. But I was like, this one metric matches how I feel. Like when I, when I get a good score, I go out and train and I have a good result. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. I put it in my toolkit. And then similar to you, I uh, discovered meditation. I actually signed, I read the book, Paramahansa Yogananda's book, Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, and uh, it's a great book for anybody who's interested, very metaphysical, but it was inspiring and exciting. And I wrote their center, ended up signing a lifelong oath to never reveal any of their secrets. And I meditated three to four hours a day um, until I reached a level where they basically give you the secrets. Um, and so I'm not going to tell anybody on the show. <laughs> when, we, when we're done, when, I'm, when we're finished recording, you can. Uh, 
but they're you know they're they're basically you know uh, Paramahansa Yogananda is uh, one of the teachers that brought yoga in the twenties to the United States, and uh, you know they're actually pretty interesting techniques, which um, you know help you evolve as a yogi, and so um, while that was incredible, and while I learned a lot from it, and I highly value meditation and recommend it to everyone, the ascetic kind of style that I was doing was a little bit hard because, you know, three to four hours in your day is pretty difficult. <laughs> so what my takeaway was mindfulness, super important, super valuable, but it'd be great to make it really short, you know, to more fit into, you know, because what you want, if, um, you want compliance, right? Like you've been able to find a, a, something that works for you that you can do every day consistently. That's magic, right? So that was another thing I added to my toolkit. And I was like, this is something. And, and I ended up, I, I meditate every day, but it's a much shorter practice. So that was sort of my, my resolution there. And then the last piece was, I heard about this science with resilience training. And the second I heard about it, I was like, I want to be a test subject. This is incredible. This is the thing. Uh, was a science being done in 2009 uh, in Europe. And I obviously couldn't go to Europe to be a test subject. I was like, okay, it'll come to market. This is incredible science. It's going to come to market. There were all these articles about it. It never came to market. And I was like, uh, you know, super frustrated by that. One day I was on the bike trainer and I had this epiphany for how it could be done and started making a prototype and, uh, and then got together with some co-founders and we started building the product. And this was, you know, about three and a half years ago. So that's the backstory. So what exactly is resilience training? So resilience training is where you're basically doing a specific type of cognitive task, which is called response inhibition. So think of it like impulse control, right? Um, there's a part of your brain in your prefrontal cortex called the anterior cingulate cortex, and it's responsible for goal-driven behavior as well as, right? So you're trying to achieve a goal, you're, you're focusing. Uh, as well as it, from from what everyone understands with quite a lot of studies, it's also the the manager of your perception of effort. So what happens is with the science, um, in the lab, what they were doing is they would take a keyboard and attach it to a bike or a treadmill. And the person would do this cognitive test. And what they saw is um, they would do that while they're running or on the bike, and they saw that their fatigue accelerated very quickly. And so the, the athlete would say, like, I can't pedal anymore. I can't run anymore. And then they would take out this special device, test their muscles, and they'd go, like, actually, you had another 15% left. So you thought, <laughs> you thought you were overloaded, but actually it's the brain fatigue that made you feel overloaded. Um, and then with subsequent studies, they proved that an adaptation occurs. So actually – the brain trained people can go longer physically because they have more resilience and their perception of effort over time is not skewed. So you're basically just unlocking that last bit of potential that you already have by building more mental resilience uh, to be used in training and other things. If that makes sense. That does. Can I give you an analogy that I think makes more sense to me? It's like, um, you ever played baseball and you put a donut on the end of your bat to make it a lot heavier when you swing and then you take it off and it feels a lot lighter. Is that a good analogy? 
Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yep. You're basically piling on extra extra cognitive load while you work out, creates an adaptation, and then you get stronger, like weight training. That is super weird, I guess. Like, what, like it, it makes <laughs> sense when you say it, though, right? It's like, well, your brain tells you that you're tired when in reality it's it's the combination of the the mental fatigue and the physical fatigue which then allows you to say you actually can continue to work so you continue to work out and because you're so fatigued mentally when you take away that the mental aspect of it you've trained that to be better and you've trained yourself to be able to go for it like that's it makes sense when you yeah. say it well, i said right. it a little convoluted well, but I, I think i made yeah. sense or i made sense well, to myself. the a more relatable uh, example would be like, hey, just have a really long, hard day at work and then go to the gym. It's going to, one, you're going to be like yep. unmotivated to go to the gym. But two, if you go to the gym, guess what? It's going to be a harder workout. And that's because your brain, unless you have a physical job, that's because your brain is basically overloaded and, and drained. And it, that's going to influence how you perceive the effort. Yeah. So your backstory coming from being burnt out by 26, then going on this incredible, I don't know, retreat, yoga retreat, meditation retreat. Again, after we're done recording, you can tell me all the secrets. And then figuring out and finding out about this resilience training, I have to assume these three things are what are the pillars, if I may, of what you guys are doing at Rewire. And I guess, how were you able to, I mean, again, the connections are very obvious, but how were you able to start putting these things together, as you said, about three and a half years ago, to start creating this product to help athletes, to help weekend warriors, to help people in general, um, just be able to train their brain better? Yeah. Um, you know, it was a process. You know, I've built a lot of products, um, but having a great customer feedback loop is essential. And we started beta testing within about a couple months and uh, beta tested the whole the life cycle of the product. We started off with resilience training and um, everybody's excited about that, myself included. What we realized pretty early on was that um, just having resilience, like we, we actually needed to have the, the mindset and the, and the recovery part because from week to week, you can't always be pushing yourself just like physical training. So you need sort of the yin yang, the balance of it. And then um, also part of the process, we are like, HRV is a great uh, metric to try to assess you um, physically, but actually we need some measures to, to track you cognitively and emotionally so that we know where you're at and we can track your progress and make recommendations. So it was definitely an organic process, but in the end, it's exactly as you said, it was the three pillars that we ended up building into the product. Uh, basically the resilience training, the mindset training, and the readiness, which we call holistic readiness. How do I find the app? What, where can I, where can I get it? And what would someone like me be able to use it for? Yeah. So you can get it at, uh, in the app store, just search for rewire fitness. Uh, so all you need is the app. Um, what we basically do is, uh, you download the app. Um, you go through a little onboarding process where we, uh, create a training plan for you. And then as a morning practice, you open up the app for 90 seconds. You do a, uh, readiness test, which will basically, it can bring in data from 
or ring and whoop and uh, uh, health trackers and a bunch of other stuff. So we get your physical information. Then you do a cognitive test. Uh, we track your uh, basically what's uh, your trained reaction time and uh, some other measures by every time you see a shape, you tap on the screen. And in doing that, we're able to basically uh, calculate how far you off from your baseline in terms of your level of cognitive fatigue. Then we have an emotional questionnaire. We ask you some questions and we give you an overall kind of cogent score as you'd expect zero to 100. But then we break down where you're at. So we're like, okay, here's where you're at physically. Here's where you're at cognitively. Here's where you're at emotionally. And then we'll give you an intervention that's two to four minutes that involves breath work, mindset work, sports psych work, a bunch of things built just for you and what you need. And then throughout the day, if you go work out, maybe post a Strava or some other system that's connected, we'll then make further recommendations. So you just spend the 90 seconds in the morning and then it's self-perpetuating as we have that context, we know what you need and we're giving you different prescriptions. Yeah, so it sounds like, yeah, there's that 90 seconds in the morning, you tap the screen a couple times, and then you said there's two to four minutes of breath work. So if, I don't know, a rough estimate, seven minutes of your time uh, to potentially, probably not even potentially, almost, I can't guarantee anything, right? Um, but most likely improve your mental health in, in multiple different ways, I guess. How, how did you guys figure out that shapes on a screen was what you needed to do and uh, I mean, I can understand the physical aspect, right? You can get all the information from my Fitbit, how did I sleep, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I understand the meditation aspect, but I'm curious, like, why does the shapes on the screen thing, what exactly, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, it's called a psychomotor vigilance test. We have a team of advisors and scientists that we work with, and it's a, a pretty common cognitive test. You'll see it in sleep studies, for example. Uh, and um, we, you know, what we're doing is, taking something that is typically in the lab or in like a complex device, and we're distilling it down to something that is palatable to the average user, which is difficult to do. But um, that's how, you know, basically right out of neuroscience, we took that, uh, that protocol and rebuilt it into the app, into an experience that just feels very easy. It's almost gamified because, you know, you're, you're tracking your reaction time down to the millisecond, the fastest, person of all time in terms of reaction time is just under 100 milliseconds. It was an Italian sprinter. And so you're kind of competing with yourself a little bit. You want to see how fast your reaction time can be. And in doing that, we're collecting very useful data. And in doing that, you're also training your reaction time, which does improve. So it's kind of a three for one uh, exercise that's kind of fun. That does actually sound like kind of fun. I would do that in the mornings. I guess where and I apologize if I miss it or if I'm just a little confused, where exactly is the resilience part coming mm -hmm. in? Yep. So um, what will happen is we don't want you to train resilience when you're having a bad day or you have a lot of cognitive fatigue. So the system will recommend when it sees that you have a sharp, you know, a sharp day and maybe you're five, 10% higher than your baseline, it's going to recommend a similar kind of session, two to four minutes, sometimes as high as 15 minutes long, where uh, you'll basically do, in the app, you'll do this cognitive task. Um, we are actually going to be later this year rolling out a hardware product that will allow you to do it while you're going for a run and doing your sport, which will be pretty interesting. 
but for now you can just do it in the app. You would do it before a workout or after a workout or as a standalone session just to add more, uh, more cognitive load and then create an adaptation over time. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That, that hardware piece actually sounds interesting. I could see you making somebody have to click buttons while they bike ride or something like that. As long as everyone's safe, right? That's the important part. Exactly. I think that's pretty important. What, um, (laughs) so this is, it's a really interesting product. How, how are you able to right? Everyone works out different. Everyone, I mean, everyone's different in every way, shape and form, right? How are you able to get down to such a granular level to say, Mike, this is exactly what you need to do. Son, this is exactly what you need to do. This person X, this is exactly because it sounds like it's it can be so unbelievably granular. Like the the the, the possibilities have to be just almost literally endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great point. Um, everybody's different, especially if we're talking about you know physical, cognitive, emotional. Like, of course, uh, yeah. everybody's unique. So our system basically. Uh, uh, trains against your data. So you, you know, the first time you use this system, it collects, you know, data it takes four days to start to calibrate. And then over the next, um, uh, 24 to 26 days. So basically you get to about 30 days and it, it really starts to understand where you are, uh, on average and what the factors are that are contributing to your uh, cognitive load or your emotionality or your physical performance. And then based on that, you know, everything is curated to the individual. The other thing I would say about it is um, we provide data on everything. So, you know, if you meditate, uh, no app is going to tell you how well you meditated, right? But if you do one of our sessions, uh, we have you rate your level of relaxation or stress reduction before and after and you can also wear a heart rate strap and we'll literally show you how your body changed with each protocol within the session so that way um, you'll see what works best for you and you can go back into our sort of recipe menu and choose what what you'd like to do or use what we recommend so it gives you a lot of flexibility and a lot of unique insight into what actually works for you that is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah, it's so true. No, you know, I've used Calm, I've used Headspace. Neither was like, great job. They always say good job at the end, but they actually don't know if I did a good job. I could have just been watching TV the whole time, right? So I think that's important. Right. I was going to ask a question, hey, everybody lies, right? But we're working with people that are clearly trying to gain the best mental potential edge. Um, how relaxed did you feel? Well, I feel more relaxed. Great, thanks. Like, I, So I don't want to ask that question because I think it's kind of silly, but what, like... Where, how do I want to ask this question? With that, people are always changing. Like, how, how, what are some of the success stories? There we go. What are some of the success stories that you guys have seen in people that have used this for long periods of time and and the things, not just that they've said, but again, going back to the biometrics and all the data, what have you actually seen in people that have taken advantage of this product and used it over a period of time? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the average athlete uh, reports a seventy percent reduction in stress from using our sessions. Seven zero. Seven zero. That is significant. Uh, I don't yes. care where you started at. Reducing something <laughs> by seventy percent is incredible. Yeah, and the, the other is um, thirty plus percent improvement in readiness. You know, and who doesn't want to be more ready? And that's also a, a really significant number. Um, we had a. 
we have um, professional athletes that are using the product as well as investing in the product. They believe in it. Like we have um, this professional athlete that he's a footballer in Europe. And one of his uh, most important games of the year, he was super stressed out about as, uh, you know, pro athletes are under so much stress with that kind of stuff. And he basically, right before the game, he's like rewire. And he put on one of those short two to four minute sessions. And he had one of the best games of his career, getting into a calm mindset. You know, that's what you want to be is in a calm, ready state. You know, you want to be centered, you want to be grounded, you want to understand your game plan. That will take you very far if you can, you know, get out of that kind of nervous energy, that negative self-talk. It's super powerful. In fact, we have programs that are designed for pre-competition, which is what he used. We have sessions that will help you get through difficult workouts. You know, some workouts can be intimidating if you're really pushing yourself. We have sessions you can do during a workout to just help you get through it. So there's a lot of different tools in our toolkit. That is very cool. Yeah, those are some evolutions, and I'm sure many, many more will be coming. Uh, as, as you said, the, the positive customer loop feedback um, is very important. So you can see, hey, what do the people want, right? And I, I'm I'm curious, like, how – like, I've always been a very um, – uh, what is it? BVT, breathe, visualize, talk positive self-talk like those three things are always extremely important and i didn't realize you know i read it in books after the fact but i always like okay deep breath right like before you go up to bat before you go do anything you know in sport deep breath why did the coach always tell you to do that i don't know but it always works isn't that funny um and you know visualize where do you want to hit the ball where do you want to you know and all those things so it it sounds like you guys obviously i would say it's not brain surgery but like it's pretty damn close right so like that is, uh, it's pretty cool um, that you guys have been able to put this into a useful tool for really, as you said, you know, we're talking about professional athletes, but anybody, all humans should be able to use something like this. Because again, if you asked anybody on the street, hey, do you want to re- reduce your stress by 70%? Who says no? <laughs> like literally, who says no to that? <laughs> yeah, I, I use it every day for that, for that reason alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty important one. Um, so going back to the professional athletes, how, how do you even find, I'm, I'm interested. I worked with athletes on partnerships all the time. Like I've worked with athletes in terms of, you know, where they're, I haven't personally invested their money, but I've seen those things happen. I've talked to enough athletes at this point. How do you, how do you go about finding these athletes, explaining the product, obviously letting them use it and getting it to the point where there's that partnership or investor advisor type of opportunity? Yeah, it happens a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes they find the product and they start using it and then they reach out. Uh, other times, you know, we see them as maybe a good fit for a partnership and we'll reach out uh, typically just the old fashioned way. We'll DM them on Instagram or something like that. And The old fashioned um, way right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things in general, what we've seen is like, the athletes care a lot about their own personal brand. And so they have to believe in the product. Like there's very few that they're just going to do it for the money. Right. Um, they, they need to, it needs to be something that they can stand behind. And these days sort of mindset is what everybody's talking about. Right. Like from Nike to Under Armour to Hyperice, all of them are talking about mindset and they don't even provide mindset products per se. So like it's, it's in the zeitgeist. 
Uh, and so it's, I wouldn't say it's an easy sell, it's a process. And we, we also want people that believe in the product to be partners with us and investors. Uh, and, you know, they all do. So uh, it is a process. Sometimes it can take months. Um, they're very busy. You know, you, ha you have to sort of work around their schedule and answer all their questions. Sometimes you have to meet their coaches and their advisors and people they trust and get their blessing. Uh, and we've done those things where we're needed. Businessman. You love to hear it. Uh, I mean, it looks like you're wearing one of these watches as well. Uh, in some capacity, my Fitbit tries to tell me to breathe sometimes, which is nice. I think Apple does the same thing, right? So, like, yeah. it is, as you said, like, if that's the extent, like, I appreciate it. It's better than literally nothing. Um, but, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of different things and a lot of other opportunities that can be taken advantage of, uh, and especially, especially like that. And, and how – so with uh, – I don't know. So some stuff's been going on the last couple of years. World shut down, you know, did some stuff. How have you guys seen just like, we're, again, we're talking about athletes, but most people should be able to take advantage of this. What have you guys seen in terms of users or in terms of just opportunities when it comes to people just with the, you know, the, the COVID, let's call it the COVID shit um, because it's not fun anymore. <laughs> I don't enjoy talking about it. It is no. frustrating. It's there. Of course, we all realize that. Like how, how have you been able to help people that who were stuck inside for six months with just their parents, right? Like if I was stuck inside, my poor brother lived with my parents for six months. He still does, but like he can at least leave the house now. How have you been able to help people like that and really just like make it, I mean, still athlete geared and, and you know, top tip top performance geared, but also understanding that there's a whole planet now that kind of needs some help on this stuff. For sure. Yeah. The, the athletes definitely, um, you know, they're under a lot of stress because what they've been training for a lot of times they can't do. So they're sort of in this, in this, uh, terrible limbo where they're, they, they just want to perform. They just want to challenge themselves. They want to have a purpose behind training and they can't. And, uh, so they've appreciated it. But what I think has been really interesting is to see, you know, we don't market to people outside of sport, but we find like pockets of groups, like we found this emergency worker group that we're using and sharing rewire, you know, they're out there driving ambulances and dealing with a lot of stress and they're using it to hit the reset button, you know, in the middle of the night and de-stress and prepare for the next round. Um, you know, we had a doctor with uh, his practice giving it to all of his patients and we made a dashboard for him to be able to see see how their health and wellness was, you know, we integrate with things like aura ring so they he could see their sleep and he could see their emotional state and see their stress. You know, these are all really valuable things for, for, um, you know, healthcare. Uh, so we have executives using it, you know, there's, as you said, like it actually, as a, as a modern human being, we're under more stress than we've ever been. And our biology doesn't know how to deal with it. So, having tools to hit that reset button has proven to be a pretty, so timing was pretty good with rewire. I would say. No such thing as a coincidence, son. That is, yeah. uh, that's not something I believe in personally. So I think that's awesome. Um, one last thing I want to talk about. I noticed that you guys are starting to build out a community specifically within discord. Um, where where does that idea come from maybe not even the discord part we can get into that a little bit but like just the fact that you're trying to build out a community everyone wants to be a part of something right how where where was the idea to say hey let's like let's let these athletes a like right that's cool let athletes talk to each other i'm sure they like that but really just in general try and build a community and build a tribe specifically around rewire and how we're helping people 
Yeah. Um, you know, the being able to talk to customers and help and help people is priceless. Like we're the whole team. We're all athletes. We built a product for athletes. These are our people. We really just want to be able to collaborate with them, share ideas. Um, I think the, you know, individual interactions, um, are only going to make the, um, sort of what we're trying to do more powerful. Um, and so, yeah, we've built communities and are building communities on platforms like discord, uh, Strava. Um, you know, we've, um, we've done some other, tried some other communities, but I think the chat format is kind of ideal, you know, there's, there's just so much, so many ways you can kind of, um, uh, connect one-on-one, -on -one, which is hard, hard to do these days. And the discord community is just so positive, like out of all the social network slash community, uh, platforms, you know, where Reddit might be a little bit snarky though. I love those folks. Like, I don't know. I never see anything like that on discord. <laughs> It's like just genuinely people trying to help each other. Yeah, it's nice. That's why I deleted Twitter off my phone because that's the worst place on planet Earth. Um, so completely, completely understand. And Instagram's all fake except for the clips yeah, that I fake, posted yeah. the show. It's that's all real. <laughs> but everything else on Instagram is face, and Facebook is where my grandma hangs out, and I love my grandma. But I, I, don't, I, I just call her when I want the recipe, right? So it is, uh, it is yeah. important. And I, you know, I've found the same thing. I've been in, I've been in, and have, and currently in multiple discord communities very little negativity in those places usually the thing is like the moderators are usually like hey one of the rules you got to be positive so maybe that's just kind of flowed through the entire community itself or you know just discord in general and it's worked because it's definitely a a pretty cool place um so this is son this has been absolutely fantastic is there anything else that we might have missed before we get to like socials and all that stuff no this is awesome yeah i'm, I'm yeah. good thank thank you no you're great son Great. Give me a, where, where can we find you guys across where, I mean, I can get the link uh, for discord if it's just an open community, if you don't mind sending that over, but, uh, social medias, where can we get the app? Where can we just learn more information? What's all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the best place to go to start is rewirefitness.app. Uh, you mm. can find us there on our website. Um, if you go to IG on Instagram, that's rewire fitness. Uh, if you want to go to Twitter or Facebook, we have slightly different handles. Twitter, it's rewire underscore app. And uh, Facebook, it's rewire fitness app. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we share our Discord community and our Strava community. Those are both really uh, fun to be involved in. And I'll make sure you have those uh, for the show notes. Love it. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, everything will be in the show notes for the podcast, of course, wherever you're listening. Again, five-star review. I'll also put everything on YouTube as well. But, son, one more time, this has been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate uh, your time. I appreciate everyone's time listening. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me some of yours. But one more time, Sun Sachs, CEO, co-founder at Rewire Fitness. Let's make the place let's, – let's, let's just make this place a little bit better, a little bit happier, a little less stress. How's that sound, man? Sounds perfect. Thanks, man. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Thanks, everybody.